Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today on online church, which is our new norm, at least for a few days, a few weeks. Really glad you're here with us today. You know, this is, as I've been saying, an unusual season for all of us. And I think it's unusual in one sense because it's kind of unnatural for us. It's an interruption in our normal lifestyles, our normal flow of life. And a lot of us are uncertain about how long this is going to last and what's coming next. Uh, we just don't know. But I want to encourage you today that God knows. God's got everything under control. We can trust Him. Even in our most difficult moments, He's never going to fail us, never going to let us down. And I want to thank you today for allowing your home to become God's sanctuary. Letting your living room become a church service. Thank you so much for joining us today. And let's just take a moment and pray and ask God to speak to all of our hearts right where we're at, wherever we may be across the country, that we will receive his word together today. Let's pray. Father, we honor you today. We thank you for your faithfulness. We know that you are who you say you are. We believe your word. And today we open our hearts to receive from you. We ask you to speak your words, words of life, into our lives. Father, you have said that your word is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We open our, our hearts to receive from you words of life that will make a difference right where we are. Encourage us, lift us up, help us to look backward, and then help us to look forward with great faith, believing you for greater days ahead. Thanks for all you do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This morning, I want to share a message with you simply entitled, Tense Times. These are tense times. You know, for many people, I would dare say most people, there's a certain amount of tension in our lives right now. These are tense times. This past week, I've talked to people in our own church community who've been affected by layoffs, by losing jobs. They've been touched by being furloughed until a, a later date. A lot of uncertainty right now, which creates tension in people's lives. And if that's you today, my heart goes out to you, and I want you to know we're praying for you. We're praying that God will be your source, that you can trust Him, and in this season, He'll prove Himself to you. But also... We're praying that quickly this whole situation turns around and we can get back to somewhat of a normal lifestyle. But right now, a lot of people are tense about what's going on. Some people still have their jobs, but they're working from home. And, you know, for some people, working from home is great. For other people, it's not so great. There are a lot of distractions there, especially with the kids out of school, being around the house all day, it's, it's a little difficult for some people to work in this season. And that's more tension, more stress in this season. But I want to talk to you today about tense times. But I want to do a little bit of a play on words because I don't want to talk about tension. I want to talk to you about time, about past tense, present tense, and future tense, where you are today and what's going on in your life. What do we do in these tense times? You know, a lot of us have got 
some downtime here and there. For some people, it's night and day, go, 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 go. But for a lot of people, you've got some quiet moments, some time to think about what's going on in your life and where you're going from here. God dropped something in my heart that I really want to dive into today. The next few minutes about past tense, present tense, future tense. Number one, we're going to read from Isaiah 43, beginning at verse number 18, a somewhat familiar prophetic word from the Old Testament. But let's read it together. Isaiah 43, beginning at verse 18. The Lord says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. What God says when it says, behold, he's saying, look, see, watch what's going to happen. Behold it. Don't miss it. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? To stop and think that God might do something new, and at the same time, people might not even know what he's doing. He goes on to say in the rest of this verse, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. A very difficult time for the nation of Israel because of their sin and their falling away from God. They were encountering some difficult years. And God stepped into their situation and God said, don't live in the past. Don't just consider the old things, what's behind you. Don't think this is the new norm. Instead, look forward because I'm going to do a new thing. Now, we know that prophetically he's talking about sending a Messiah, sending a Redeemer for the people of Israel. But if we bring this word into normal, everyday living today, there's a couple things I want you to notice in this passage. We're talking, number one, about past tense. What do we do with the past? What about the past? You say, well, what do you mean? I can't change the past. That's exactly what I'm talking about. But yet so many people are haunted and troubled every day of their lives because of things that lie behind them. What do we do with the past? Everybody has a past. Everybody has a past. And sometimes we allow the past to consume our lives, present tense and even future tense. So what do we do with the past? Years ago, I have a, a minister friend who was ministering in a church and he was talking one night about the past. He was ministering to people to free them from the pain of their past. And after service, they were talking with the pastor and his wife. And the minister had made a statement in his message. He said, everybody's got skeletons in the closet. And while they were talking about this, the pastor's wife was sitting there and she said, well, you know, I've always walked with God. I've lived a really good life. I don't really have skeletons in the closet. And this minister looked at her and said, wait a minute. You mean you don't have anything in your past that you're ashamed of, that you wish you'd never done? And he said, all of a sudden, her face turned red. And she said, I don't want to talk about it. You know what? I don't care what good life you've lived. I don't care how well you've conducted yourself in the past. Everybody has made mistakes and got some skeletons in the closet that you would just as soon would stay hidden from view. Everyone has had regrets in life. And even though we've had some regrets, we can't afford to live a life consumed 
with regret. We must learn to deal with the past. If we do not, we will live a really tense life, a life devoured by the past. Now, let me illustrate this to you, talking about regrets. Back in 1990, some of you wish you'd finished your education back then. Or back in 2008, some of you wish you had invested in the stock market then. Or how about 2018? Some people are saying, well, I wish I had bought a less expensive home. Or how about back in February, just a month ago? Boy, I wish I'd put my, pulled my money out of the stock market at that time. Maybe sometime in the past you're thinking, I wish I hadn't fallen into sin, which led to addiction. Or maybe yesterday you're thinking, well, I wish I hadn't said that to a specific person. Everybody's got regrets in life, but we don't want to live lives of regret. Everybody at times says, well, I wish I could go back and change some things in my past. We can't go back. We can't relive the past and make those changes. But we can repair some of the mistakes that have created tense times for us today. I want to say this to you. If you're living with tension today that's been created by your past, it's time to deal with it. It's time to put it to rest and put it behind you once and for all. The beauty about our God is he loves to give people fresh new starts. We come to the cross and he is able in a moment's time to wipe away our sin, wipe away our failures and totally forgive us and free us so we can then go ahead and begin to make things right with the people with whom we need to repair things. It gives us the opportunity to go back and do some repairs along the way. God will free us from the past regardless what those mistakes are. He'll free us if we'll come to him and trust him. God says, don't live life through the lens of the past. You know, everybody has lenses through which we see life. Some people only see life through the lens of the past. And it brings hurt. It brings pain. I know people who are still living in victories from 30 years ago. I know some people who've done really well, but they can't talk about today or tomorrow. All they can talk about is the past. But then there are others who are so bound with the past, they have no joy today and nothing to look forward to. Don't live your life through the lens of the past. Let God set you free and liberate you. Go back and repair the things that need to be repaired, but then move on and live a life of freedom in Christ. God loves to do new things. God loves to do new things. He said, don't live in the past. Forget about the former things. Release yourself from those things because I want to do brand new things in your life. You know, it's possible to be so consumed with the past that we actually miss the new things that God's trying to do for us today. He said, I'm going to do new things. Will you not know it? I don't want to miss any new thing God has for me. So I want to be free from the past, looking forward so I can accept everything that God wants to send my way. Let me ask you a question today. Maybe, maybe you might ask yourself this question. Maybe God is saying 
I give you this season to free you from the guilt and the pain of the past. If God says that to you today, if that rings in your heart, how will you respond today? Will you turn loose of the past and let God free you and move forward? That's what he wants to do in your life today. Finally, let me ask you another question. What's going on in your past that has been unattended? What's happening that you never dealt with? What's happening? What happened way back there that you've just allowed to lay there and lay there and you've carried it along and drug it along and it's affected your future? You've never really dealt with it. What's lying there that needs to be dealt with and attended to? I want to encourage you today. Take it to God. Give it to Him. Let Him free you and give you liberty so you can go forward. What can you do about those issues? What relationships can you mend? What can you do to go back and make things right with people and situations? Purpose in your heart today. I'm going to be free from the past so that my future is stronger and better and healthier than my past. God will set you free. You know, the past has its place. It's behind us. The place for the past is behind you. Deal with it, put it to rest, and move forward in God. And then second of all, we've talked about the past tense. Let's talk about present tense. Everybody's dealing with different things today. Everybody's got circumstances from household to household that are unique. But I want to talk about the present for just a few minutes. And I want to give you three thoughts about the present. First, from James chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. I want you to read these words with me. James 4 verse 13 says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. You know, when I think about right now, the circumstances of life that we're in. These are unusual times. But I think it's giving us an opportunity right now to look at life and really be reminded of what's important and what's not. You know, sometimes our priorities get shifted and they get out of order. And when priorities get out of order for a period of time, life gets out of order. Things begin to happen. Things begin to break. Things begin to fall off. Maybe in this season, God's giving us a time to look at where we are, what's going on in our lives right now, and what we need to do. I want to give you three things that I want you to consider today. Number one, I believe we need to enjoy life right now. Enjoy the moment. James said, you know, some people have got so many big plans and someday this and someday that. And, you know, I'm dreaming about this and I'm dreaming about that. And I think the purpose that he says or the purpose that he has here is your life is like a vapor. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. When you think about living 70, 80, 90, 100 years, 120 years, and you compare that to eternity, our lives are so short 
I believe we need to take advantage of every moment and enjoy the life that God has provided for us. John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. He wasn't just talking about eternal life someday in the sweet by and by. He's talking about right now. We can have the blessings of God, but now that we have the blessings of God, we need to enjoy the blessings of God. Take the time to stop and enjoy what God has put in your life. Maybe you can take time now to spend it with family members that need your attention. Those who live in your household that your busy schedule hasn't provided time for. Stop and enjoy these moments because they slide away so very quickly. Take in every moment. Take in every situation and enjoy it and live it to the most. But also take in every relationship that God's put in your life. Enjoy those relationships in this season. Even though we can't get out and do all the things we want to do, you can email, you can text, you can make a phone call. It's amazing the impact you can have in someone's life and how it will enrich your own life to keep those relationships that God's given us. So when you think about the present, take the time right now to enjoy life. You know, when I was, I guess, a teenager, maybe early 20s, somewhere back there, I couldn't tell you exactly, there was a song that came out about the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon and all that, and it tells a story about people being so busy that they don't even have time for their own children. And even though their intentions are good, you grow up and you never get time with dad and then you become a dad and so quickly time is gone and your own son then doesn't have time for you. We need to stop, enjoy life along the way. Take advantage of these moments. And the second thing about the present, I think God wants us to live diligently. Yeah, we need to enjoy life and enjoy God's blessings, but let's be diligent with the time that we have right now. Let me ask you a question. What do you need to be doing in this season? Or ask yourself, what should I be doing right now in this season? What's required of me? What should I be doing with my time and my life? Well, there are a lot of things screaming for our attention, but what do we really need to be attending to in this season? You know, the Bible teaches that every season of life has appropriate actions. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God makes everything beautiful in its time. And you know, I, I was looking at verses this week. If you look at the word diligent or diligence in Scripture, there are a lot of things that God says we need to be diligent with. Our time, we need to be diligent with it. Our work ethic, we need to be diligent. What we're doing with our hands, we need to be diligent. God's even said, look at the ants. Even the ants know in certain seasons they need to store up food for the bad seasons that are coming. Every season has its proper responses and proper actions. So what are you doing in this season? Are you being diligent with the time that God has placed in your hands? You know, it was said many years ago, I think it was Benjamin Franklin who was credited with saying, life is made up of time. If you waste your time, you waste your life. We need to be diligent 
with the time that God's placed in our hands. Take care of this moment right now. Do the things that you need to be doing. Let me just ask you this simple question. What right now in your life is screaming for your attention? You know, sometimes we avoid the things that are screaming for our attention. What's screaming for your attention? What do you need to be dealing with right now in your life? Be diligent. Take care of those important, valuable things, and they'll always be there for you. And then the third thing about right now is that I think in this season we need to learn to be content. Oh, enjoy life and live life. Be diligent. But third of all, be content. I want to read from Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And I'm going to jump in in the middle of verse 11. But it says this. Paul says, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned. Notice his words. In all kinds of situations that I've been in, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he uses those words that all of us quote, but very few of us know the context. In this context, talking about contentment, he says in verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Contentment, learning to be content. What does that mean? What does it mean to be content? Well, literally in the original writings, the word content here means to be self-satisfied. To be satisfied with where you are in the moment, even though you may be planning for more, wishing for more, wanting for more, praying for, for more, yet you don't become frustrated with the life. You don't add tension to your life. Instead, you take it to God and you learn to be satisfied in this season. You know, there are a lot of unsatisfied people in our world. There are even a lot of unhappy, unsatisfied people in the church world. It's not God's will for us. He wants us to learn to be content with such things as we have. You know, as the Apostle Paul pursued his calling, traveling a lot of the then known world, establishing churches, he encountered a lot of different types of situations. And I'm going to tell you, if you read the story of the life of Paul written in the book of Acts, Paul went through some pretty ugly, horrible, life-threatening situations because of his faith in God and because of the ministry that he was pursuing. But you know, Paul said in all of this, I've learned to be content. Every situation, I've learned to be content. You might be wondering, well, what does that mean, be content? I think what Paul is saying is, I've learned in every situation to trust God and to let God be God because God is still God no matter what my circumstances might be. You know, I don't know what you're dealing with today on a personal level, but I'm going to tell you, a lot of people sabotage their lives in the now because they've never learned to be content. They hurt their marriages. They hurt their children. They hurt people at work. They hurt everyone around them because they can't learn to be satisfied with where they are. This doesn't mean you forget about your goals and your dreams for the future. Not at all. 
But it means on this road, I'm going to be happy where I am. I'm going to be pleased. I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be pleasant to those around me. And I'm going to trust God to be God and lead me even to greater things in my future. We need to learn contentment. Paul said, I've learned contentment. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul said, I know what it is to have an abundance. And I also know what it is to have lack. You know what I think Paul was really saying about that? I think Paul was saying in days of abundance, we need to be thankful to God for what he's done. And we need to bless others. But then in days of lack, we need to believe God for provision because he will not fail us. He will not let us down. Be content in your circumstances. Paul said it so well in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He said, godliness with contentment is great gain. I think what he was really saying was godliness with contentment produces great gain. Godliness and contentment mixed together makes life better. So trust God in your situation today and learn to be content. Contentment is a result of trust in God. So we've talked about the past tense and the present tense. One last section. Let's talk about the future tense. What about the future? I want to look at Galatians chapter 6. And I want to give you maybe a little different twist on looking forward. We, We don't want to live in the past We don't want to live trying to go forward looking backwards. We don't want to be anchored to what's behind us. We don't want to be lost in the moment and not think about what lies ahead. But what can my perspective be? What should my perspective be for the future? Galatians chapter 6, beginning at verse number 7. Paul writes these words, Do not be deceived. Think about that. Do not be deceived. There's a lot of deception in our world today. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't stick your tongue out and God laugh at him and say, ah, God doesn't know what he's doing. Don't take on that attitude. That's what he's saying. He goes on and says this, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Verse number eight, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And finally in verse 9 he says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season, in the next coming season, the correct and proper timely season, in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. So what do we do about the future right now in this season? Future tense, what should I be doing? Well, I think I need to be planting seeds for the future. Consider this with me. Just as I cannot relive the past, neither can I live in the future. Can't be done. But each day, each moment of each day is a seed. And if I will see my life today as a seed, 
I can begin to create the future that I want to see in my life. What I want to see for the future, I can begin to create it now by planting seeds for that future. Farmers know if you want to harvest in the summer, you need to plant your seed in the spring. You don't wait until summer to plant your seed. You plant it now looking forward, knowing in the future the seed will do its work. If I put it in the soil, I water it and take care of it, it will produce what it's created to produce. Apostle Paul said some interesting things about this whole concept of sowing seeds. He said, each moment, each day is a seed. It's going to create my future. So he said, first of all, don't be deceived. Don't think, don't think that what you're doing today isn't affecting the future. What you're doing today is sowing seed for your future. Don't be deceived. And he says, God is not mocked. You know, God established this whole seed idea in creation. You plant seed, it produces a harvest. It's true in the spiritual. It's true in life. What I'm doing with my life today is creating my future. And if I want a specific kind of future, I need to be planting seeds with my life today in order to see that future come to pass. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Don't laugh at these processes. Realize that what I'm sowing, I will be reaping. And you know, if you sow a kernel of corn, you don't get a kernel of corn. You get a whole stalk of corn with several ears of corn, with several kernels on each ear. What you plant now grows and grows exponentially, and it comes back into your life. We need to be thinking about what we're sowing today and what it's going to produce in the future. Don't laugh at it. Don't think, ah, it doesn't matter. I can do it now. It, doesn't. it does matter because it's seed that does grow and produce in our lives. You know, earlier I mentioned regrets, all kinds of regrets. I think it's safe to say that most of the circumstances in my life today are a result of seeds I've planted in the past. Think about that. Most of the circumstances I'm now dealing with, not the things that I can't control, not, not the things around me that's happening with the virus and with government's decisions, but my life in general, where I am today, most of it is a result of the seeds I've planted in days gone by. It's the same with you. Relationships. Have relationships today because of seeds I've planted in the past. Your marriage today. It's a picture of the seeds you've planted. Your family. It's a picture of the seeds you've planted. Your business. Your work. It's all a result today of the seeds you've planted in the past. It's also true that much of the stress we have today, much of the tension we carry today, many of the problems we have today, not all, but many of the problems we have today are also a result of seeds we've planted in the past. Poor decision, poor planning, putting the wrong kind of seeds in the ground. And when they come up and grow up, 
and we reap those harvests, life gets really unhappy. It's amazing the power of those little seeds that we put in the ground. So let me ask you today, and maybe you could join me for a couple of minutes as I finish this message. Maybe you can ask yourself, as I ask myself, am I looking ahead? Oh, I don't want to live in the past. I want to live right now. But am I looking ahead, realizing that I'm planting seed? Am I looking ahead? What do I see in the future? What am I expecting in the future? And why am I expecting that? What kind of seeds am I planting today to produce the future that I want tomorrow? Am I planting the seeds that will create the future that I want? Where am I planting my seed? How am I planting? When am I planting? Where am I planting my seed? See, I believe we need to be very intentional about planting seed today for harvest tomorrow. What's important in life? We need to be sowing seed today in the areas that are important because they will produce a harvest in the future. What kind of future? do I want? What do I want the future to look like? What do I want to see come to pass in my own life? How can I plant the seeds that create that future today? You know, I believe if we, with honest hearts, ask ourselves these questions and take it to God sincerely, I believe God will show us how to plant seed in our own lives and the lives of people around us and different things in our pathway that will produce the future that we desire. The future, the dream that God has put in our own hearts. Every day, every moment, it's a seed and it's powerful. The final question is, what am I doing with the seed that's going to produce the future? You know, in closing, when... Paul wrote these verses in, in Galatians talking about sowing and reaping. He said you can sow to the flesh and reap corruption. In other words, you can put your seed in temporary things and they'll be gone. But you can also sow into spiritual things and they just keep creating eternally. I want to ask you today, have you ever taken the time to Look at every area of your life and give it to God and ask Him how to live your life to create a better future in those individual areas of life. Your marriage, your family, relationships, business, your home, finances, every area of life, God's concerned about it. And God wants to show us how to plant seed now to create the kind of future that he wants to give us. God's told us, if you'll plant the seed, I'll bless it. It'll grow. Maybe today you're listening to this. And as I finish this message, you're, you're thinking, okay, okay, where does this whole thing start? 
It all starts with understanding the most important thing that ever happens in life is deciding where will I spend my eternal future? Not just the next 20, 40, 60 years of my life. What about eternity? You think, well, I don't know about eternity. I don't know what I can do about eternity. Let me help you with it. God loves you so much, He put His own Son on the cross so that He could wash away your sins. On the cross, Jesus took everything that was wrong in your past, everything that's messed up in the present, every mistake you'll ever make in the future, God took all that sin and failure and He put it on Christ on the cross, and Jesus paid for it with His own life so that you could be freed from it to move into a brand new life of blessing in a future better than anything you've ever dreamed before. But it all begins with you accepting what Christ did on the cross for yourself. It doesn't matter what Jesus did on the cross makes no difference unless you accept it and embrace it for yourself. Unless you turn to God and say, I want you to be my father. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to come into relationship with you. That begins this process of seeing God work now in this life, changing your future, and even settling things for eternity. It all begins with that one decision. Maybe you're hearing this right now and something inside of you is saying, you know, I, I really do want that. I really do want that kind of life. What do I do? It starts with a seed, a seed of words, where we turn to God and say, God, I need you in my life. If inside you're feeling that today and you're realizing, I need God in my life and I want that kind of life, that's the Spirit of God calling out to you, knocking on the door of your heart, and He's waiting for you to respond. I want to pray for you today. And I want to pray a prayer, and I'm going to pray it slowly. And I'm going to ask you to embrace these words and ask God to let these words be your words. And in faith, just believe God to hear these words and begin to ordain the steps of your life and walk you into a life of blessing. Let's start right here. Pray this with me. God, I need you. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I want to know you. I don't want to be separated from you any longer. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. From this day forward, I will follow you. Teach me your ways. I want to know you. I want to put all of my future in your hands eternally and you be my father and I'll be your child. Thank you for calling me and receiving me today. From this moment forward, I am yours and you are mine. Amen. Now, that's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. We're here to help you start building that relationship with God. Before I finish, I want to pray one more prayer because some of you may be dealing with things from the past. Some of you may be having some confusion about right now and you don't know what to do about the future. I'm going to pray that God will liberate you from the past and free you from what's behind 
so that you can move forward. You know, maybe right there in your own family, maybe a husband and wife want to join hands. Maybe you want to draw your children in. Maybe there's some things behind that you want to leave behind as a family. I want to pray for you right now. I want to ask God to help you right where you are. Father, you know every heart, every person who's heard this message today. And I ask you in Jesus' name to work in their circumstances. Free them from the past and show them what they need to do to correct those things behind so they can walk away into a brand new life. God, for those who are wondering, what do I do in this season? Show them, Lord, how to enjoy life, how to be diligent, and how to be satisfied, content in the situation they're in. But then last of all, Father, show us how to plant seed right now that will produce a better future. Father, our hope, our faith, our trust is in you. You show us we will obey you in faith, and we will see you do greater things than ever before. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, this concludes our message, but I want to share one more quick thought with you. This past week, I've been amazed some things we've seen here at the Bridge Church. Uh, last Sunday, I saw a lot of people come to church at uh, 11 o'clock for community care. I got to talk with a few people from a distance who expressed their appreciation to you as the church for providing food for them in this difficult season. If you're in need today, I want to tell you, community care is available every Sunday at 11 o'clock. We'd love to give you food. Please do not be embarrassed. If you're in a difficult time, maybe it's the first time in your life you've ever been there, please let us help you in this season. We've got a lot of food we picked up this week. We want to be a blessing to as many people as we can. So please, in this difficult season, let us help you. But I've also been amazed this week at the generosity of people. We've had two people that I know of this week who've contacted us. And, you know, our, our office is only open virtually. But two people in our church that I know of have contacted us and said, I have to come by the church and drop off my tithe or my offering. I've got to be able to give to God. I don't do it online. I always do it in person. One, one person even said, you know, I've got to give you two weeks of blessing. I've got to do it now. And I want to say to you, in this unusual season, thank you for your faithfulness. You know, we're involved in so many things, not just here at home, but around the world. And I'm so grateful that we can keep moving forward, doing all that God has called us to do. Our church is in a good place because of faithful people like you. You know, I even had one guy this week, so interesting. He said to me, I need to talk to somebody because I give my, my giving online. And he said, I gave on Sunday because we've got an income tax season refund coming and he said i gave online sunday and then i gave more online monday and i gave as much as they would let me give on my online card and then on tuesday i tried to give more but it blocked me because they didn't trust my daily giving and he said how do i get this corrected and my heart just overflowed to realize in this season there's so many people trusting god we're not begging you for money but i'm going to tell you something if god's been good to you be good to God's house. Be good to those who are in need. We're blessing a lot of people around the world. And I promise you, God will bless you as you give. So have a great, great week and let God's word work in you. Thanks so much for joining us for Church Online. We want to stay connected with you in the days ahead. So be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms and the Bridge app for the latest updates. 
We'll also be sending out devotionals during the week to stay connected and encouraged. And don't forget, Bridge Women will be meeting online tomorrow night at 7 p.m. And Bridge Youth will also be happening online Wednesday at 7. We love you, church. We're praying for you, and we are with you during this season. See you soon.